We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. The NCAA made a lot of noise about not placing tournaments in states that passed laws prohibiting male athletes from participating in women's sports. And guess what? They just backed down. Tennessee, Alabama, and Arkansas all have those laws, and they all receive tournament bids. This is exactly why Christy Nome was wrong in South Dakota. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Well, I said it once, I said it twice, I said it three times or more, and many of you who listen to this show, many of my readers in the Washington Times and elsewhere, were angry with me because I was critical of one of the conservative darlings of the Republican Party, Governor Kristi Noem of South Dakota. I said that she was wrong for compromising and capitulating on the transgender bill in South Dakota. I said that she was wrong for saying that she supported the bill if it prohibited male athletes from competing against female athletes at the high school level, but she could do nothing about it and would be unwise to do anything about it at the collegiate level. I said that was wrong. I said that nuance was not going to work. I said, never bow the knee to the rage mob. Never bow the knee. You bow the knee and they will have your head. They will never be satisfied with your compromise. I said that. When they storm the Bastille, don't give in. I said, you shouldn't let oligarchs dictate to you at the state level what your standards would would be or should be. I said that women have the right to their own sport, their own locker room their own bathroom, their own scholarships, and whether it's at the high school level or the collegiate level, conservatives should conserve that truth. Conservatives should conserve the dignity of the woman, the identity of the woman, the rights of the woman to have respect and privacy. I said over and over again that women's athletics is dead If we allow this transgender, subjective, fluid identity nonsense of LGBTQXYZ alphabet soup of progressivism and subjective identity claims to prevail. If a man can raise his hand on any given day and say, I'm a female, and supplant a woman from her shower, from her locker room, from her sport, and from her scholarship... Women's athletics is dead. I said over and over again that Title IX required me as a college president to give women equal access to the athletic field, to the basketball court, to the softball field, to the track. I said over and over again, I cannot comply with Title IX if you, the government, then turn around and tell me that I have to take the rights of women away and give those rights and privileges to men who want to pretend and play dress up. 
I've said it a thousand times. I've said the government has no place in defining who's male and female, and conservatives of all people should understand that and stand, and step up and say, what are you talking about? What are you thinking? You can't have female athletics if you deny the female, that she's an objective reality. If you start pretending that she's make-believe, if you treat women like they're nothing but leprechauns and unicorns, then of course you don't have anything left for women's sports because you just degraded it to nothing but delusion. I've said that over and over again. You've heard me say it on this show. I said these threats from the NCAA and from the corporate world need to be resisted. If you give in, they will have your head. Give an inch and they will take a mile. Well, there's good news. And that news is that the NCAA and its oligarchs, its know-it-alls, its smarter than thous, the elites at the NCAA, the woke and the righteous have backed down. They have not followed through with their threats. I'm going to share with you the details of that story. And I'm going to use it as an example of why Christy Nome was wrong. And hopefully she learns her lesson that you can never bow the knee to the rage mob. You don't back down. You cannot compromise on this issue. One of the reasons is pragmatically it's not going to work. It's going to backfire. But the bigger reason is principle. What's the right thing to do? Are you willing to stand strong, stand tall, stand courageous and confidently for what's right? Or are you going to compromise when the NCAA or Major League Baseball or Coke or Pepsi or Google or Amazon or Apple threatens you? Are you willing to stand strong in the face of these threats? Christy Nome should have, and she didn't. We have had other governors who did the right thing and told these elites, these oligarchs, to go pound sand. And guess what? They backed down. NCAA just backed down. I'm going to cover this story and more after we take a break. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. What I want to do in this second half of the show today is cover a couple articles on the NCAA actually backing down after all of its protest, all of its proclamations, all, all of its self-righteous posturing, its virtue signaling. They backed down, and they actually granted tournaments to three states that have just passed laws defending women's athletics. Tennessee, Alabama, and Arkansas just received tournament bids in their states for softball. But all of those states just passed the laws that Christy Nome should have passed in South Carolina. All of these states ignored the threats from the NCAA. All of these states, these governors, the legislators, in these states were willing to stand strong for what was right, and they were willing to go down fighting if they needed to. Christy Nome didn't do that. Oh, she stood for high school athletics, but like I told you, she threw people like me under the bus because if I would have been a college president in South Dakota at the time, she would have left me hanging because she said she couldn't do anything about collegiate-level athletics because... <laughs> 
the national organizations had their rules and their policies. Hogwash, baloney, nonsense. A conservative governor should have my back. A conservative governor should support a conservative college president and not leave me swinging in the wind. And the proof that I'm right and Noam is wrong is that the NCAA just backed down and granted Tennessee, Alabama, Arkansas tournaments despite their laws restricting trans athletes. Now, they made a lot of noise. Only last month they were saying that they may cancel events in states that aren't free of discrimination. The NCAA Board of Governors made its announcement just this week as more than two dozen states proposed, debated, and advanced legislation. Two dozen states aimed at requiring state schools to ensure that athletes compete only in the category of their birth gender. How outrageous. We want women to be protected from having to compete against men. We want girls to have the right to compete against girls. They shouldn't have to compete against boys. Two dozen states are passing legislation through the ranks right now that will guarantee women's sports will be protected and preserved for women and that men can't intrude into that area. So the NCAA, I would argue, sees the strength in numbers the NCAA, in spite of all of its saber rattling, has just said that they will allow events in states that have already passed laws limiting transgender athletes from participating in a sport that is other than a sport for the transgender athlete's birth gender category. In other words, you can say you're something that you're not, but you're still going to have to compete in the category that's consistent with your birth gender category. And those states, as I said, are Alabama, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Now, the other thing that's interesting is that there's a bill in Oklahoma right now that's been passed through the House, and now the Senate needs to take up that bill. And what I'm going to encourage you to do right now is write down the phone number of the Senate pro tem, Greg Treat, and the majority leader, Kim David. One more time, Greg Treat is the Senate pro tem, and the majority leader is Kim David. You need to call both of them and say that you want Senate Bill 2 heard, and you expect and want your conservative representatives, every Republican that you voted for, to vote positively, affirmatively, vote in favor, and pass Senate Bill 2. I'm going to read that bill to you. It's very short. You need to be prepared to write down this phone number that I'm going to give to you right now for Greg Treat and Kim David. Greg Treat's number at the Capitol is 405 421 5632. One more time for the pro tem Greg Treat, T R E A T, pro tem Senator Greg Treat, 405 521 5632. 405 521 5632. Write that number down, call that number, and tell him that you want 
SB2, Senate Bill 2, heard, and you want him to vote for it. Also call Kim David. She's the majority leader. Senator Kim David, 405-521-5590. One more time, 405-521-5590. You need to do the exact same thing that you did on HB 1775, which, as you know, successfully passed the House, passed the Senate, and the governor signed it into law. So it's now illegal in the state of Oklahoma for a tax-funded teacher or school to teach your kids, your progeny, your sons, your daughters, your nieces, your nephews, your grandsons, your granddaughters to be racists. Oh, heaven forbid that Oklahoma have a law prohibiting the teaching and the propagation and the promotion of racism in the generations that follow us. Well, it's now illegal for a teacher to do that in the state of Oklahoma. Bless you. Over 400 of you, I'm told, picked up the phone after this show a couple weeks ago and called your respective senators, called the governor's office, and asked him to sign HB 1775, and he did. So now you need to do the same thing for SB2. Greg Treat, 405-521-5632. Kim David, 405-521-5590. Now, What does the bill actually say? I'm going to page down here because of time. Here's what the bill says. I'm going to read it straight from the official document. Engrossed Senate Bill Number 2, an act relating to student athletics, creating the Save Women's Sports Act. It then goes on to say it provides a title and it provides definitions that will be forthcoming. It says that it's requiring certain athletic teams to be designated based on biological sex. It says that it prohibits certain teams from being open to students of a certain sex. It says that it creates causes of action for certain students, prohibiting certain groups from taking action against schools for maintaining athletic teams or sports for students of the female sex. In other words, this is a bill that says women have the right to their own sport, They have the right to sue if someone violates that state law, that state established, that state codified right, and that no organization can sue the school for simply standing by this law, doing what it's required to do. That's what this act does. Let me read some of the specifics. Be it enacted by the people of the state of Oklahoma, Section 1, a new law, a new section of law to be codified in the Oklahoma statutes as section 27-105 of Title 70. Again, that probably doesn't mean anything to anybody other than it just proves to you that I'm reading straight from the document. So, item A, this act shall be known and may be cited as the Save Women's Sports Act. Why? Because that's exactly what it does. Women's athletics is dead if this law is not passed. I'll say it One more time, 10 more times, 100 more times. Women's athletics is dead if we allow this transgender lunacy to prevail. Your daughters and your granddaughters will no longer have their own athletic teams. They will no longer have the right to compete against only females. 
they will be forced to compete against biological males who want to pretend that they are girls. This has happened in Connecticut. You've been following the news. You've got weightlifters that are breaking records in female sports because they're not females, they're men. But I digress. Back to what the bill actually says. Again, item A, this act shall be known and may be cited as the Save Women's Sports Act. Item B, as used in this section, one, school means a public school district or public charter school in this state or any institution within the Oklahoma state system of higher education. What does that mean? All tax-supported schools. If your tax dollars are paying for it, then this law applies to it. Item B, two, school athletic association shall have the same meaning as provided in section 27-102 of Title 70 of the state of Oklahoma statutes. In other words, a school athletic association and a school are already well-defined, and both of these things mean schools that are funded by your tax dollars and athletic associations therein that are likewise paid for by you and paid for by me. It's your money that pays for these things, and therefore you have the right to declare your expectations. Thus, my admonition to you to call Senator Treat and Senator David and tell them you want this bill heard. Don't allow them to table this bill. Don't allow anyone to tell you that it's not important, that the NCAA has already decided it's not going to go down this path. Baloney, the only reason the NCAA is backing off is because of the strength in numbers. The strength in numbers. And the more states that step up to the plate, no pun intended in terms of athletic analogies here, but the more states that step up to the plate and do what's right, there will be strength in numbers and your girls will have their rights preserved. Item B, number three, intercollegiate association shall mean a national association that sets eligibility requirements for participation in sports at the collegiate level and that provides the coordination, supervision, and regulation of intercollegiate competitions. In other words, this applies to state-funded schools, state-funded athletic associations, and intercollegiate associations that your state schools participate in. Item C, Athletic teams that are sponsored by a school or sponsored by a private school whose students or teams compete against a school shall be expressly designated as one of the following based on biological sex. I cannot believe they're having to say this, but they do. Here's what it says. Athletic teams that compete against other schools shall be expressly designated as one of the following based on biological sex. One. Males, men or boys. Two, females, women or girls. Or three, co-ed or mixed. So they're having to go down the line and say, males are men or boys. Females are women or girls. Or you have teams that are co-ed or mixed. Item D, prior to the beginning of each school year, the parent or the legal guardian of a student who competes on a school athletic team shall sign an affidavit acknowledging the biological sex of the student at birth. Can you believe we're actually having to do this right now? Now, I support this bill, but isn't it sad that we actually have to go through all this rigmarole? There was a day, not that long ago, where you knew a boy was a boy and a girl was a girl, and boys participated in boys' sports, and girls participated in girls' sports, and we didn't have to make a federal issue out of it. 
What have I said over and over again? When you get rid of the big laws of God, you don't get liberty. You don't get freedom. You get thousands and thousands, reams upon reams of little laws that rush in to fill the vacuum. When we refuse to live by 10 simple laws, and as I've said, Jesus summarized them in two. God gave us 10 or two, whichever way you want to look at it. We refuse to acknowledge. We refuse to live within those simple boundaries. So what do we get? We're at the point right now where we have to pass legislation saying men and boys are males. And males are men and boys. And females are women and girls. And girls and women are females. We're at the point where we have to put that into a state law to clarify it. And then we have to say that our students, our kids, have to sign an affidavit each year legally declaring what their biological sex is because apparently everybody else is confused. Oh, item E, number one. Athletic teams designated for females, women, or girls shall not be open to students of the male sex. Item two. Well, item E, number two. Any student who is deprived of, of an athletic opportunity, let me say that again, I butchered it. Any student who is deprived of an athletic opportunity or suffers any direct or indirect harm as the result of a violation of paragraph one of this subsection shall have a cause of action for injunctive relief, damages, and any other relief available permitted by law against the school. In other words, they're putting some teeth in this. And if the school violates this common sense, the sense that is common, if the school violates a female's rights and allows males to intrude into those rights, steal her privacy, steal her dignity, steal her identity, steal her sport, that the girl has injunctive relief. She has cause for filing a lawsuit. She can sue the school and she can sue the coach. She can school the principal. She can sue the superintendent for violating her rights. Good. Good. The girls should be able to do that. I could go on and on. I've given you enough. There's more to the law, but the bottom line is this is what the law is all about. This is what the law is all about. It's Senate Bill 2 in the state of Oklahoma. And if you're listening to me right now and you live in the state of Oklahoma, I suppose even if you don't, you can still call the Senate pro tem, Greg Treat. That's T-R-E-A-T. His number at the Oklahoma City Capitol is... 405-521-5632. One more time, 405-521-5632. And likewise, call Kim David, Senator Kim David. She's the majority leader. They're both Republicans. I'm told they're go both good people, reasonable people. I'm told that they're reliable conservatives. But they need to be encouraged. They need to be told that you expect this bill to be heard, number one, and number two, that you want them to vote in favor of it and pass it as law. Greg Treat, 405-521-5632, and Kim David, 405-521-5590. Call them right now. Call them by the hundreds. Make sure they know what you expect. Let me go back and uh, say what Tony Perkins had to say about this whole thing. Family Research Council. He says this in a May 18th article that he just published. Tony Perkins with the Family Research Council. The article is titled, A Swing and a Miss for the NCAA. 
He goes on to say this in the article. It looks like the NCAA is nothing but a paper tiger after all. As states around the country considered bills to protect women's sports, the National Collegiate Athletic Association threatened it would only hold championships in locations that were free of discrimination. In other words, says Tony, they would withhold any tournaments or championships to punish states that required athletes to compete against their same biological sex. It's such a simple idea, people. Women should be able to compete against women. That's what women's athletics is all about. If you're going to force them to compete against men, then you don't have any such thing as female athletics. It's gone. It's dead. Now, Tony makes this clear. He says some politicians like South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem were cowed into surrender, but others boldly held their course. So if you've disagreed with me all along on my critique of Kristi Noem, there you have it. Tony Perkins is affirming what I've always said, and that is that Governor Noem should have listened to the Alliance Defending Freedom, and she should have stood her ground and not capitulated at the collegiate level. And she did. Don't tell me she didn't. She did. Tony Perkins just confirmed it, too. He goes on to say that states like Alabama and Tennessee passed laws to require public school athletes to compete according to their biological sex. The Arkansas legislature overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, passed into law a robust bill that will protect all women's sports, including at the collegiate level. But here's the thing. The NCAA just named the locations of the 16 women's softball regional tournaments, and guess what? Alabama, Arkansas, and Tennessee. They all made the cut. So instead of choosing locations based on its empty threats, says Tony, it seems that the NCAA chose its locations based upon its usual criteria, team performance, quality of facilities, and financial considerations. In other words, all of these threats were empty, and the strength in numbers of these states passing common-sense laws that defend women, acknowledge that women are real, and defend their rights, is actually paying off. The bottom line is this. Oklahoma needs to pass this bill. In fact, Tony concludes his article by saying this. Imagine if other state legislatures like Florida and Texas and Oklahoma joined them, meaning joined Arkansas, Alabama, etc. He says this, if the NCAA tries to boycott everywhere, they won't have a league anymore. We sorely need men and women of courage and faith in elected office to stand up for the truth, for what's right, and for common sense. Men and women who will never back down in the face of opposition, and who will stand and fight these battles together. Close quote, Tony Perkins. He's absolutely right. So call Greg Treat, 405-521-5632, and Kim David, 405-521-5590, right now, and tell them that you want Oklahoma Senate Bill 2 heard, you want it voted on, and you want them to vote in favor of it. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.